Well, good morning again. Great to see you all and uh, to be here. What a blessing it is to uh, for Lois and I to be here. Last time I came, uh, Lois was not with me. And um, for those of you who who don't know Lois, uh, Lois's dad was Ralph Cook. And many of you know Ralph, uh, well, if you didn't, uh, he was the regional minister for the Dakotas and Montana for a number of years. And, um, and her brother was uh, John, who was pastor in, in Dickinson at Hillside Baptist. So there's a connection uh, with, with her also. I mean, with my last name, you probably presume that I'm from here. I'm not from here, but my dad was. <laughs> so my dad was born here, and uh, uh, he is a first cousin to Bill and to Dan and to Fred. So um, was, was there a Reuben in there too? I don't know. Anyway, that's, that's where my dad was in this whole connection, and uh, he didn't grow up here. Uh, he was only eight years old when his father died, and they moved to Canada and then they moved back to Billings, and that's where I came along. So in, my, in, the, in the whole aspect of um, family history. So that's a quick overview, and I'm done with that. <laughs> okay, Lord, we thank you for this time together. Thank you for this church and their willingness to support us and to, uh, to pray for us. Lord, we, uh, we, we wouldn't be able to do any kind of ministry without churches like uh, Plevna Baptist. So bless them greatly, and we thank you for them. Guide us now as we uh, go into your word, and we pray that you'd speak to our, each of our hearts this day, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, do you ever feel like um, everything's on hold and nothing might be happening in God's kingdom in these uh, crazy, uh, out-of-control days that we live in? Um, Sometimes I feel that way, and, uh, but yet um, I, I was thinking, uh, I was a pastor in, at Central Baptist Church in, um, in Edmonton, Alberta for almost eight years, and we lived on a con in a condo right on the Sus North Saskatchewan River. I don't know if you've ever been up to Edmonton, but the North Saskatchewan River is, uh, is an amazing river. And um, we loved living. We lived in the in the in the river valley. Uh, it's magnificent. It's beautiful. The river begins out in uh, British Columbia to the west, and it flows 750 miles, and it empties out into the Hudson Bay. And I would walk down on the, the down on the trail by the riverbank and uh, just enjoy watching this massive river. I, uh, you've probably seen the Missouri River and how wide and mighty that Missouri is. The North Saskatchewan is just is very similar to that. It it it's so big and and there's so much water. I looked it up and it says that there are. 320 cubic yards per second that flow by you. That's how much water is in that. And you're talking about drought. Oh, we pray for, we'll be praying for you all in, in, in the days ahead that uh, you'll have that kind of mighty uh, uh, outflow of God's blessing of, of rain upon you. And um, as I was thinking about that river and thinking about our times, you know, that river, nothing can stop its flow. 
I mean, they, they can't, you know, they can't say, hey, you know what, let's just put a big, you know, thing in here, a dam or whatever, to try to stop it. Nothing, nothing can stop it. Um, and, you know, in spite of our world situation, that river is not going to stop flowing. It's going to keep going. It's just going to keep going. It's just going to keep going. It's just going to keep flowing. And, you know, God's the same way. No matter what our situation is in our world that we're in, God is not going to stop working. He's going to continue to impose his sovereign will upon the nations and upon people throughout the earth and upon his people throughout the earth. He's still moving in spite of what we think are these cataclysmic events and dangerous times. God laughs at man's thoughts of how we think we can be the change agents of climates and seasons and all these things and how how he is the one who raises up leaders in nations and can remove them in just a moment today i i want to i want to share with you that how the lord can use one life at a time to impact the nations God is moving and he wants to use you to be a nation changer. You don't know whom God is placing in your path. How you can have an influence upon them, who they you know, have an influence upon someone else and someone else, and how they can literally be an influencer in a nation somewhere else. In the passage that we chose this morning, in Deuteronomy chapter... There it is. <laughs> chapter 10... Verses 17 through 19, it says, For the Lord your God is the God of gods and Lord of lords. He's the great God, the mighty and awesome God, who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. He ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows love to the foreigners living among you, and he gives them food and clothing. So you too must show love to foreigners, for you yourselves were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. There are four things that God wants us <clears throat> to gather from this passage here today. Number one, that there is only one true God, and he is still at work. He's still moving. Secondly, that he, move, he loves all peoples. And third, he is a God of justice. And four, he expects us to be his ambassadors to the nations. Well, let's look at the first one. There is only one true God. Am I seeing that right? Okay, yes. Um, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he is sovereign over all. He is at work, and he's still the same God he was yesterday, today, and he will be the same tomorrow. And he's at work throughout the whole world. In Isaiah 42, it says, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else, nor share praise with carved idols. Everything I prophesied has come true. And now I will prophesy again. And I will tell you the future before it happens. God told Moses he has two names. He says, I am the great I am. That is, the the one and only, the self-existing one, the eternal other, holy and separate from us as, as people, as, as humanity. But he also said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He's saying, I'm the God of people. 
people who are broken, people who are sinful, but people who are redeemable. There are millions of people who have poured out into our, into our cities from nearly every nation on earth. And they seek freedom. They seek oppression. They seek freedom of religion. Yet, they're broken, sinful, and they need a Savior. And many are open and searching for the truth. In Ecclesiastes, Three, it says, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. God is the one who planted eternity in my heart. He did it in your heart. He, he, he impresses upon us that we are eternal beings, and everyone has that. Everyone who, who comes to America from another country. Statistics also prove that people who are most open to the gospel are people who have been displaced from their home culture. People that are, um, are now living in, a, in another country that is, that is different from their own, uh, what they have been used to. And many who come from uh, these other countries that come to America come from cultures and ethnic groups that are unreached people, that have no church in their own culture. And so we have the opportunity to reach out to them. We don't even have to really even look for them now because they are in our, our uh, big cities. They're even in the small towns. There's, there's towns like, like Baker who have small cottage industries that are bringing in internationals to work at, at these industries. So there are our neighbors and our, our work associates, our children's classmates. In Acts chapter 17, it says that from one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. His purpose was for, for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find them. It's God's plan, God's purpose, that he brings the nations to us that we might reach out to them and that they might find him. And he it says that he determined the times that they would come. This is unprecedented in world history, how the nations are, are leaving their own cultures and coming to various nations around the world. And, and uh, you, the U.S. is one of those places. And God has brought them to us, and we have an opportunity and a responsibility to reach out to them. Secondly, he loves all people, all peoples, and yet there's only one way to God's heart. In Deuteronomy 10, verse 17, it says, he's the one who shows no partiality and he cannot be bribed. To think that any of us could bribe our way to heaven is, is foolish. Um, we live... In, in Utah, we, we live within a culture where the vast majority of people are trying to earn their way to God. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 8 to 9, it says, God saved you by His grace when you believed. 
and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. People all around us are, are so um, filled with pride of the things that they do, thinking that they're earning their way to some kind of salvation and, uh, and, and eternal life. But the, the only way to God's heart is through His Son. It's through His Son. We have four sons. We were, God blessed us with four sons, and, and we love them all dearly. But you, you want to know a way to win my heart? It's, it's to love my sons. If you love my sons, I'm, I'm, I'm really fond of you. <laughs> I think a lot of you, if you love my sons, that's, that's the bottom line. And I understand what God's saying when he, when he, when he does this. In, in, in John chapter 14, it says, Thomas said, we have no idea where you're going. He's talking to Jesus. And he says, so how can we know the way? And Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. God said, if you love my son, then that means you love me. And so I, 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 will, I will then lavish my love upon you too. There's no access to God, to the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, but through his son, Jesus. Have you ever responded to his wonderful gift of eternal life? You have to only through his son, Jesus. As Ephesians 2 said, you cannot earn it, you cannot inherit it, or you can't even bribe God by your works to get it. It's not a coincidence that you're here today. God is still moving, and he may be moving in your heart right now to respond to him. Recently, we have um, a student come our way. His name is uh, Jonathan. And Jonathan is from uh, the Republic of Congo. And uh, at one of our events, our International Christian Fellowship, Jonathan shared his, his testimony. And he shared that he was born two months premature, so he was underdeveloped physically and mentally. And because of his underdevelopment, they thought he would never even finish elementary school. He, even when he started school, they knew that he was, he was uh, severely um, handicapped. But he said that when he was in, in fifth grade, the Jesus film came to his village. And he and his family went. And he said it was amazing because there was this color movie <laughs> that came to our, our town. And we got to watch it. And he said, that night, he says, I heard the good news of Jesus and I responded in faith and made him the Lord of my life. Well, what happened then was God began to do the miraculous in, in Jonathan's life. He began to heal him both physically and mentally. As a child, he was, uh, he was very asthmatic and, uh, and, and he, he, he couldn't read or write well, but then as this 
as he, when he gave his life to Christ, God began to do this amazing work. And then he volunteered to be an evangelist in his church to go and share the good news with other people, door to door. And God began doing a wonderful work in his life. And he began to grow, and he began to see, and he began, his lungs were being healed. And, and even his mind was being healed. And eventually, Jonathan finished in the top of his class in high school. And he applied for a scholarship to come to Utah Valley University, where we work with international students. He's now 22, and he's getting his degree in the next year and a half in engineering, with his focus being artificial intelligence and robotics. Is that mind-blowing? <laughs> That's God, isn't it? That's the God of, of miracles. So Jonathan wants to uh, go to Japan to get his uh, master's and his doctorate in uh, robotics. And he, so he's going to go to an unreached country of the world and spread the good news of Jesus there. He's one, I, I meet with him on a regular basis, and uh, we talk and pray, and uh, he just completed training in how to lead evangelistic Bible studies uh, with other students. So pray for Jonathan, if you can remember. God is still moving and at work, and he loves all peoples, including the peoples of Congo, and this young boy in a small village who is now, whom he has now chosen to be a world changer. Well, thirdly, he is a God of justice. And in Deuteronomy, again, back as we read earlier in Deuteronomy 10, it says that he ensures that orphans and widows receive justice, and he shows love to foreigners living among you and gives them food and clothing. How do you think uh, the foreigners get food and clothing? Do you think God uh, does that, that thing that he did with the people of Israel back in the wilderness and he drops manna on their front lawn then they go out and they pick it up? No, he, he doesn't. He, uh, he could if he wanted to, but he provides for them by, uh, by using us. We are his hands and feet. And he cares for, for them by, by using other people and using believers. We had a um, fine-looking young man uh, come our way to our conversation English class. And um, he said he, he was coming to have, get help with his English. And so um, I, I didn't realize what his, his motives all were, but uh, he, he said, I, I, I don't want to just help, just have help with English. I want you to be my mentor. And I'm going, okay, what are you, what are you looking for? And so he, we began to meet together, and um, he wanted someone to come alongside him to help him understand our culture, our way of life here in the United States. And he wanted someone to disciple, to, to disciple him and pray with him that God might use him in the future. Well, I had no idea what, what all that meant, but, uh, and I'm going, why me? God, why would you choose me for this? And as our friendship grew, he began to share with me that he had been a two-time congressman in his country. And then he became the mayor of a large city, a city over a million people in, in, his, in his former country, in his home country. And uh, that... Um, after he had served as one term as mayor, 
um, he was being he got pushed out of office by uh, some corrupt people that made up lies uh, about him because he had this burden for this other community this outlying community of his city that where all the poorest of the poor lived and so he brought in uh, water and uh, electricity to these people and their way of life began to grow and, and they, they started to build schools and, and community centers and um, the, uh, the other people of the city didn't like that because they wanted to keep those people downtrodden and they wanted to keep them drunkards and, and drug users. And he said, no, we want to see these people live wonderful lives. And we, we, he built a, with his own money, then built a center where they, they would help feed people and have Bible studies and, and reach people for, for the Lord. So he was then outed of, of his office and he came to, to then study English because he wanted to advance his career. Well, we met together for nearly a year, and, and then this past August, my good friend um, moved to Washington, D.C. <laughs> and he's now the regional director of a social justice organization where they're a watchdog group that leads the charge to stop human trafficking and abortion and uh, religious persecution and slavery in his region of the world. God is a God of justice. And he cares about the orphans and the widows and the foreigners. You know, I had no idea that God was going to use me to have an influence on a man of his stature and his, what he's doing now for his region of the world. He's, God's still at work, even in spite of all this stuff that's been happening in our world. Doors have been closing and, and of, of all different things, but yet God is still moving behind the scenes that we don't realize what he's doing. And we're thankful that he is using us. God wants to use you in the community that he's placed you in. You never know what he's going to do in the life of, of maybe a, a foreigner international that he places even in your community you know we love our communities don't we we care about them we love our country and yes these people love their countries too they love their home country and they care about it and as believers they have a tremendous impact upon their country upon their um, their homeland when they go back God places that burden upon their hearts for seeing his kingdom grow in their, back in their home country. The fourth thing is that he expects us to be his ambassadors to the nations. In verse 19 of Deuteronomy 10, it says, So you too must love, show love to foreigners, for you too yourselves were, were foreigners in the land of Egypt. He wanted the people of Israel to realize, don't forget what it was like in Egypt. You were mistreated. You were disenfranchised. You were abused. Don't do that when people come your way, into your land. Treat them as yourselves, that you would, as how you would love yourself, as, you, as how you would love your own family. 
You know, our, our ministry of reaching out to internationals and international students um, really in many ways has become one of the more strategic ministries in world missions today. In spite of uh, this downturn of uh, world travel and so on, God still has millions of international students here in the United States and Canada and immigrants that have come our way. And sometimes we, we, we struggle at what is happening with the immigrant populations that are coming in. And I don't always agree with everything that's happening that way either. But I do know that God has allowed these things to happen. And, and um, he wants for his purpose to be done in that these people be reached for him in his kingdom. If they're not being reached at, in their home countries, may it be happen. Let's be praying that God will reach them here. That people will reach out to them and love them and that they would find Christ here. Um, the impact of the world missions movement through international ministry to internationals and international students is that these students, when they return home, are vaulted into positions of influence and stature. Many have significant impacts when they return home. Several years ago, we had a, a professor, when we were up in Edmonton, a, a visiting professor from China, who became a, um, who came to our, our conversation uh, event, and, uh, and in one week, and this is very unusual, but in one week, one of our volunteers had met with him uh, on a Saturday, and he said, I, I want to get together with you this week. I, I, I want to hear about something that I've never heard in my home country, and that is Jesus. You guys talk about Jesus in your home country. I want to hear about this Jesus. I mean, this is really unusual, but it happened. And, and so he met with this volunteer of ours, and this volunteer led him to the Lord. And then in the course of him being there, he led several of his fellow visiting professors to faith in Christ. And when he got home, back to his home country, I mean, back in China, and into his university, he started the first Bible study on his campus at his university in China. He became a world influencer to people. Now just think about this. Did he have to raise his own support? No. Did he have to learn another language? No. Did, did he have to adjust to a new culture? No. He had immediate impact. And that's what happens when we reach international students and they return back home. Uh, God uses them in a mighty way. We have an opportunity, every one of us, we have the opportunity, as it says in 2 Corinthians 5, God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors, and God is making his appeal through us. What an honor and a privilege that we have to be his ambassador. And then... When we reach them, they become his ambassadors back in their home country. Do you know of anyone who had to return home from a mission field because of, of illness or uh, probably what's happening more now these days is they're being denied visas? And we know of several people who, who were in, in various countries in Asia that have been denied their, uh, their 
visa to even enter or, or the renewal of their visa to stay. And they had their dreams dashed because the nations were closing and their borders to, to foreigners were, were now closed. So do we need people that are still willing to go to these countries? How can they get in? Sometimes they can get in through business realm, through the business uh, industry. But we need people that are willing to do that, absolutely. Yet, as far as I can think, no missions effort has created a greater impact on influencing the, the world of world changers, people who go back and have an impact because of their education and so on, and, um, and then, then our ministry of reaching international students and immigrants. Now, um, I usually take my phone out and put it down, and uh, I, was, I forgot that I was gonna use it as an illustration. I was gonna pick out my phone and go like this, show you my, my phone. Um, but you know what? God has used that, those phones that you have in your pocket because our students who come and, um, and, and study here in America, they talk to their families every day. Every day. Sometimes multiple times a day. They're talking to their family, their extended family, their friends back home. Uh, because of the access that we have now. And, and so even the fact that if they, if they don't return home, they're still having that influence and that impact back home um, of their life-changing stories in, in amazing ways. How significant is this? Well, let me go back in history of... Uh, you're thinking, well, international student ministry is something that's just been kind of recent. But if you go back to 1886, that's, that's even before I was born, okay? There was a Moody Student Conference. It was called, the, at this Moody Student Conference, a special meeting of the 10 nations took place. And it was held uh, which 10 international students from 10 different countries shared at that missions conference in 1886 about the need for their country and their need for missionaries there. And um, all these students who were attending this conference, the several hundred students, it was like they received this Macedonian call. And it fueled a response that 100 of 250 students signed a pledge of willingness and a desire to become a missionary into those 10 countries. And that missionary movement that came out of that conference from these 10 international students in 1888 produced over 20,000 missionaries that went all over the world. And it came from international students who challenged them to say, go back to my country and become a missionary there. Isn't that awesome what God did? He's still at work doing the same thing today. There are students who come from all over the world now who are believers, who are reaching Americans <laughs> on our campuses. And it's, it's amazing the stories that I hear <clears throat> that God is still at work 
and he's longing to see these things happen. Well, we're your ambassadors to the nations on, uh, on the campus at uh, Utah Valley University, and you partner with us. You, when you do this, what you do in partnering with this, you then are, are also ambassadors for Christ at UVU and around the world. And he's using you to impact the world by supporting us and reaching out through, through us. We, and we thank you so much for doing that. You know, uh, that North Saskatchewan River is still flowing. Um, if, if we went to... Um, Edmonton today, that river is still going to be <laughs> moving in a mighty way, just like the Missouri River down the road here uh, that we would see if we went there. In, in John 7, Jesus stood and, and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Have you, have you come to him? Have you come to Jesus? Have you drank from him the living water? Do his rivers of water flow through you to others? If you've never come to faith, in Jesus and received his free gift of eternal life. Would you pray with me right now? Would everybody bow your head in prayer? And just, you don't have to say it out loud, but just silently if you want to repeat after me and, and pray to, to make that decision to follow Jesus maybe for the first time. Let's pray. Lord, I admit I've chosen my own way and I have sinned against you and I ask for your forgiveness. Lord, I believe that Jesus is God and that he committed no sin and that he died in my place on the cross. And I thank you that he rose from the dead. I confess now, I repent of my sin and I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, and I make him the master of my life, and I devote the rest of my life to him. Thank you, Lord, for coming into my life. Thank you for saving me. I give you all the glory for all my life from this day forward. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, please tell Pastor Josh. Don't wait. Let him know today. Let's pray as we close. Father, you're at work in spite of this world situation and the confusion that has uh, come about in many different ways. Lord, we ask that you would move upon our hearts, break our hearts for whom your heart breaks, for the lost, for the needy. Give us the eyes of compassion to see those who are lost, who are all around us. May we be obedient to you and love our neighbor. 
And Lord, give us the courage to be your ambassadors that you've called us to be. The ambassadors of reconciling the world to your son. Thank you for all that you have done for us. And we pray and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.